Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, and welcome back to the Cloudcast, episode 109. Uh, last one of the day, still here uh, in New Orleans uh, from LinuxCon and CloudOpen. Uh, still, uh, thankfully, sponsored by the good folks at Open at Citrix and the Linux Foundation. And we sort of saved the best one for last for the day. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we've had folks like Amy Lewis on the show who brings us this huge bacon following. And we have a guy who may have the best, the best name we've ever had on the show, uh, Mr. John O'Bacon. Hello. Hello. <laughs> no one ever mentions the name. It's uh, weird. First time you've heard that. Yeah, bad exactly. Changed my name to Jim Smith. Uh, so we've got uh, Dave Porkbelly on the show. Uh, <laughs> so, Jono, uh, introduce yourself. Uh, community manager of all cool things at Canonical. What do you do, man? Why, why has everybody around you been going, you need to get him on the show? <laughs> I, yeah, I guess it's as good as yours. Uh, um, I, so I work at Canonical as the Ubuntu community manager. I have a team of five people who work on all the different aspects of the Ubuntu community. Um, so it's working with developers, uh, building uh, Juju Charms, the app developer community on the phone, convergent story, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm also just, I'm really passionate about community management. I think community growth and collaboration is just one of the most beautiful things people can do when they get together, to create things that are bigger than themselves. So I, I wrote a book called The Art of Community, published by O'Reilly, which is in its second edition. Cool. And I run the uh, Community Leadership Summit every year in Portland, which is, has kind of become the, the meeting grounds for community managers and leaders from across a variety of different industries. And uh, I'm into barbecue and heavy metal, so... <laughs> Friend of the show, then. Exactly. <laughs> Without a doubt. So, so let's talk about some of the cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, so Canonical, Ubuntu, uh, powers the biggest cloud in the world, right? Powers, obviously, right. AWS, a ton of other folks. Right. Um, Juju, very cool technology. I mean, a lot of very cool technologies. Like, there's a, there's a piece of Canonical that is like, you guys probably get as much insight into the leading edge stuff as going on, and then you've got the community piece of right. like, what, what's cool to you. Because um, like, like we were talking about, a million cool things, your boss has more big ideas than... Right. I mean, he's like Richard Branson <laughs> of technology. He's, you know, he's, uh, how do you keep up with all that stuff? It's been interesting because um, there's so many cool things going on with Canonical and Ubuntu right now that I, I, I'm so excited. I've been, I've been around Canonical for quite some time now, and uh, uh, and you can really think of the organization in two, two broad areas. We have the cloud work that's going on, as well as the, the client side, this convergent story around phones, TVs, desktops, and, and tablets. And um, the thing that really excites me is the idea of our community story traditionally was always people participating in building the platform, building Ubuntu itself. It's people helping to assemble the kernel and the display server and the networking stacks and all those pieces. But what we're really focusing on a lot now is we're building two types of community. One is people who continue to contribute to the platform, but then the other is people who consume Ubuntu as a platform. They don't really care how the platform's put together. And that's broadly broken into two areas. It's building a community of Juju Charmers. This is people who are building charms for deploying cloud services. And then the other is people is the app developer community. It's people who can build applications that run across these different devices. And the thing that I enjoyed about this is that building that community story has so many different components. It's, you know, in its simplest form, it's, it's, it's enabling people to go from an idea to an implementation as quickly and easily as possible. 
And you need to provide all kinds of pieces for that. You need a developer portal. You need an SDK or a, or, um, a set of charm tools. You need testing frameworks and documentation and knowledge bases and all that kind of stuff. And I think of it as, what I always think of it is, is in terms of an on-ramp. It's this, it's this uh, set of things that you need to do to go from you know, knowing that you can contribute, developing the skills, having something to do, and then feeling good about it. And that's been a lot of work, but it's been really fulfilling to see that coming together. So, you know, if, if we were talking to you two years ago, right. Right, there, was, there was a certain set of things that, that Canonical was working on. Last couple of years, like you said, phone, mobile, desktop, you know, that, that whole strategy of, like, the things that consumers actually touch and... Right. How do you... I mean, that, that's got to be kind of crazy for you as a community guy, because all of a sudden it went from this big, and I can't see how far <laughs> apart my hands are, but... It's huge, like it's it's huge from a how to corral that or how to shape it, but it also gets huge from ideas. I got to imagine because people now want to connect the dots from yeah. what I see to what powers the bit factory on the back end. Is that? Yeah, I mean it's that, it's it's been interesting because going from a desktop to this convergence store is required. A lot of people think of it in terms of we're going to take what looked what it, what you know the appearance of the, uh, the the experience that you got on the desktop and kind of squeeze it into a foam form factor. Um, but it's there's so many layers to this. It's the it's the UI and the design patterns. It's the it's the the, the SDK and and I mean we've completely as an example completely revised how people upload and get their software into Ubuntu how they publish it. We used to be kind of limited by the norms of the Linux world. Um, um, a lot of limitations in how people do that. Like you have to build Debian packages if you want to get your app into Ubuntu, which is complex. And, it's, and Debian packages are great for building operating systems, but not necessarily great for delivering software to end users. So we've, re- we've built a lot of this kind of back-end infrastructure that nobody will ever really know about. I mean, we talk about it in the Ubuntu community, but most app developers wouldn't care less, which has taken, for example, the, the length of time it takes to, to review an app to get it into Ubuntu from about two weeks down to about 10 minutes. Um, so it's, it's, it's been trying to identify all of these different areas, but what's been really inspiring about this is ever since we announced the phone, I've never seen as much excitement about Ubuntu in my career before. I mean, it was... We announced on the 2nd of January, and one, what was interesting was that we said, you know, we're building this phone platform, but we need to we need a core set of applications, your calendar, your calculator, your, um, you know, your RSS reader, all that kind of stuff, weather, all of, all of the, what we call the ritual apps that you use every day. Um, and we said to our community, we'd like you to come and help out, help us build this. And we had 1,500 people sign up the, on the form and say we'd like to help out. Now, a lot of those people had a little bit more enthusiasm than experience. Um, but, no. we, but, yeah, but, we, uh, but we had probably three or 400 really good people who wanted to help out. And we've now gone from those 12 sets of ideas to implemented apps that are now shipping on part of the image. So it's, our communities formed a really important basis for how we do this in Ubuntu. So it's, it's, been, it's been interesting because from a community management perspective, most of my experience traditionally was born in helping people to build an operating system. Yeah. And, but helping people to build a platform is a whole different community and a different set of ex- challenges. It's been really fun for me. And there was a lot of sessions, if I remember correctly, at OSCON, specifically around right. that device and the track. And yeah. It was actually really interesting. Yeah. Um, it's, what, what's been really interesting as well is, for example, um, one thing where Ubuntu's changed quite a lot over the years is is we've really shifted from just being a project to building a product. And, and a lot of that has been 
you know, when you're a project, you're essentially maintaining pieces of software that work well together, and then you cut a release every six months. Whereas with a product, you have, you know, you have a set of design ideas, and you, you, you need that interconnection point between the design team and the development team, and and you know, and QA, and we need continuous integration, and all again, all this background stuff that is really interesting to me because I'm knee deep in it, but. To most, to most end users, they'll have no, about, no idea about it, but it will just result in a better experience for them. So it's, it's been really fun from both the product and the mechanical side of things. And we just want to be as open as we can in terms of how we do it. Like, everything we do with Ubuntu is, like, we have daily images, all the code is public, all public discussion, you know, and mailing lists and everything else, just so our community can feel part of what's going on. So how do, you know, in, in, a, <coughs> you know, in, a, in a desktop world, you know, it, it's going to run on any sort of, like you said, it's it, the screen is a certain size. It's going to run on any hardware for the most part. But you start getting into devices that are in your hands, and people care about aesthetics. They care about what it looks like. Exactly. How yeah. much do you, have, do you have to deal with hardware communities now, or is it still just software communities, or how does that? It's a real mix of the two. I mean, you know, you can broadly break it into software and hardware. The software side of things has been a lot of that has been about. The design side of things is, I think, is one of the most under-celebrated aspects of Ubuntu right now. Is, is you know, a, so much effort has gone into the design of Ubuntu, because every design pattern, our design team has built these patterns, and the idea is that a pattern won't be accepted and signed off on unless it works across all of these form factors. You know, so if you want to solve a particular problem, how do I accept a call, for example? You've got to make sure that it works with mouse and touch for example in different screen sizes and all the rest of it so there's been a lot of work there and and, in building that aesthetic on the hardware side of things we've kind of divided it into two areas one is the is the relationships with our OEMs and carriers and things like that which is primarily a set of business relationships but then um, there's a community called the XDA community and this is a huge community of people who mod Android phones and they work with CyanogenMod and things like that Android uh, on my touchpad. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, as soon as we announced Ubuntu, as soon as the first Ubuntu daily image for the phone came out, um, there was a new forum appeared on XDA on the XDA forum, which is primarily where they where they hang out. And there was like sixteen hundred posts within two days. I mean, the, the community was really excited. So I said to one of the guys on my team, "I want to make sure that we have an awesome relationship with XDA because." If they're interested and excited about porting Ubuntu to all these different handsets, it, it's put, it makes it easy for people to get to get um, Ubuntu into their hands and to the device that they've got. Because we target the Galaxy Nexus and the Nexus 4, as our, our developers are focusing on that. But it can run on really anything. So we sponsored the XDA conference, and we've had a really close relationship with them. And I cannot say I, ca- I, I cannot speak h- higher. Of, of that community of people. The XDA community is absolutely awesome. And they were so welcoming to Ubuntu. So so that's the hardware side has really been, again, very community-orientated. Um, but traditionally, all of that work that went into porting the Ubuntu uh, daily image to the to those different devices was quite complicated to get onto those devices for end users. So we, we bridged that workflow into the tool that we use to flash our devices. So now it's really easy to get that content and flash out to, the, out to these different XDA devices. So I want to shift just a little bit to come, come back to the community thing you talked about. Yeah. So we have a lot of people that listen to the show that uh, either have a background from some vendor. I mean, so Canonical's a little bit different as a vendor because obviously you guys are in it to make enough money to you know, run the business and support it, but, but there's this huge openness to it, which is kind of different than maybe... Uh, 
a more traditional kind of non-open source vendor as the core of what they do. Right. But but open source is kind of becoming a big deal for people are having to, every company's having to figure this out, right? Right. To some extent. We get a number of people who are starting these various communities, and they're trying to figure out, you know, I, I want to grow the community, but I got this sort of thing from my company that doesn't want me to be to give everything away. Like, any advice for those kind of people? I mean, you know, granted, there's always certain, but if you were somebody who came to you and said, hey, I want to start this new community, we're excited about this stuff, we're going to get behind it being open source, like, right. um, any guidance for them that maybe they wouldn't get normally? Or- yeah, there's a few things there. I, um... You know, I work at Canonical. As my, my main job is working as a community inter- manager, but in my spare time, on my days off, I do uh, consultancy for, for large companies who traditionally want to build a community strategy. And a lot of that is often what's known as inner sourcing. So that's taking the, the principles of community management and leadership and converting that those into a set of internal processes and procedures. So you get the benefits of open source, but it's internal. One of the recommendations I usually have is start out by inner sourcing. So get your company used to the kind of collaborative workflow that's common in open source. Um, you know, essentially open teams, but internally, where anybody can contribute. Clear roadmaps, you know, clear direction, you know, deadlines, uh, tracking work with things like burn down charts and all that kind of stuff, which is really more about project management than anything else. But then I think the the thing about you know a company that wants to engage more with an external community. It all boils down to expectations. And the, the challenge that a lot of community managers have had in the past that I've seen, and we see them every year when they come to the Community Leadership Summit, is um, a community manager is hired by an organization. Um, they try to they do their best to try and build a community, and then they get fired a year later because the expectations of the senior management team is not the ex- same expectations of the community manager because the senior management team doesn't have the knowledge of what to expect. So they typically expect things like, we want more Twitter followers, which is not a good metric for how you build a community. Right. So my recommendation is is that the either via a consultant or doing it internally is that is to have a really crisp strategic plan around what senior management expects and what the community manager can bring. That's a good way of, of, of tracking their performance as well as being able to deliver on a set of agreed items. Um, and that's where I think the community manager can provide guidance to the senior management team. So the senior management can te- team can say, these are our stakeholder requirements. This is what we expect. And that can be converted into things that are practical or doable within a set time frame. And then that gives like a really solid piece of work to go forward. Because the one thing that drives me crazy, if I was a senior management manager in an organization and someone came up to me with a bunch of fluffy community nonsense, like, oh, you know, we're going you know, to do this, we're going to do that, without anything that's like concrete that I can see... I'd fire them as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Some of that stuff covered in the O'Reilly book that you wrote? Or yeah. Just, you know, the framework something? A big chunk of it is about understanding, either understanding the expectations of those senior stakeholders and converting them into a shared plan or helping them to understand what those expectations should be. Um, but this is where I think external input is always beneficial, um, whether it's me or anybody else is to go in and say, you know what, based upon what you want to achieve, this is actually doable. Because, yeah. uh, you know, if you don't come from an open source background, it's difficult to really understand where the lines are drawn. So. Very cool. Well, listen, uh, I think it's uh, past beer o'clock. Uh, it is. We all have an interest in that. <laughs> um, thank you very much for coming on. Um, thank if you. folks want to learn more about, you know, the stuff that you work on, the communities you work on, what's the best place to go find all that? Um, so for the... 
if you want to find out more about Ubuntu, you can go to ubuntu.com. If you want to find out more about um, uh, Juju, you can go to juju.ubuntu.com. And if you want to find out more about the stuff that I do, you can go to my, my blog, which is Jono, J-O-N-O, Bacon, B-A-C-O-N, uh, .org. Uh, or follow me on Twitter, which is twitter.com forward slash Jono Bacon. Very cool. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Thanks. And, once again, we got to thank our sponsors, uh, Linux, Organ- uh, Linux Foundation, linuxfoundation.org, and OpenCitrix, open.citrix.com for giving us the space and access to all these awesome guests. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Um, you want to do the intro? You wanna- the official? The official ending. Sure. If you like the show, tell a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at thecloudcastnet or on the web at thecloudcast.net where you can find links to everything Cloudcast. Thanks for listening.